I want to welcome you all this morning to our service of worship. Those who are watching online this morning, welcome on this first Sunday of August. Let us begin our worship today. Grace and peace be to us all, for God is our God, and we have come to worship him. We have come to worship him and his son, Jesus Christ, and we have come to adore God and give him praise this day. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. O gracious God, we come to you, our judge and our redeemer, and we confess that we have tried to hide from you, for we have done wrong and we have lived for ourselves and turned from our neighbors. We have refused to bear The world. We have passed by the hungry and the poor and the oppressed. O oh, merciful God, in your great mercy, forgive our sin. Free us from our selfishness that we may choose your will and obey your commandments. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. Let us now affirm our faith as we say together the Apostles' Creed. You will find the Creed printed there in your bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he arose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now as you are standing, greet one another this morning with the wave offering of peace. Please be seated. It's good to see everyone this morning. I invite you to open the Pew Bibles and follow the reading this morning for our first scripture lesson. It is found in the Gospel of Matthew in the sixth chapter, beginning with verse one and reading through verse 15. We've been reading through the month of July and now we will in August through Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And this morning, we read about giving and about prayer. So, 
It is on page 684 in the Pew Bibles, Matthew chapter 6, verse 1 and following. Jesus speaking to his disciples and to the crowd gathered on the mountainside, be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues or on the streets to be honored by men. I tell you the truth, they will have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. May God bless the reading and hearing of his word from the Gospel of Matthew this morning. This morning, as we go to the Lord in prayer, there's several things that I would like to share with the church family. Uh, Dr. Ed Knox had successful cancer surgery this week and uh, was uh, texting with Jenny, his daughter, this morning, and they hope that he is able to go back to his apartment at the Germantown Plantation uh, sometime tomorrow, but that remains to be seen. Uh, continue to remember Joe Cooper in your prayers. As far as I know, he is still in the hospital at Baptist Memorial, Baptist East, and keep him in your prayers. Um, Barbara Kelly still hasn't made the move yet to the villages. They're waiting on some um, uh, paperwork to be approved, and the person that has to do the paperwork has the virus. So... Uh, it makes it uh, difficult sometimes to get things done. Uh, also, this morning, uh, Mike Graff asked that we remember the Hoover family. This is, let me see if I get this right, the 
uh, grandparents of your grandson's fiance. No, it's the parents. The parents of our grandson's fiance. Your grandson's fiance, her parents. And she's truly a member of our family. Okay. Um, the mother has brain cancer and is suffering, but they found the father dead in bed this morning. And so uh, just a, a very difficult time for them. So just ask uh, your prayers to be with them uh, as these things are going on. Now, my wife, Terry, and my daughter, Erin, uh, you know, both teachers in DeSoto County, they resume their duties tomorrow. And how shall I say, they are stressed. And so, as I'm sure every teacher and administrator and anybody working for the school system, as our parents. So, uh, just continue to be in prayer for them as the, we got school years gonna, that are going to begin the whole month of August. Uh, you know, there's no one date. Uh, the kids, some kids go back this week, some kids go back the following week, the third week, the fourth week, some are even going back after Labor Day. So it is just one of those things. Uh, we uh, had my daughter Whitney, our new grandson. If you saw Wednesday night's devotional, you saw my new grandson. He was quite vocal in uh, making that uh, but uh, we had them with us. She works for Vanderbilt University and the administration, and uh, they've already, she doesn't get to go back to campus at all until January of the coming year. And uh, the students, uh, when they come to campus, uh, they, they will live a very, how shall I say, confined life. So, it will be it will be very different. I think a lot of colleges that are having in class with students, uh, the students are going to get a, a little bit of taste of what it would be like to actually be in a military academy. Uh, so uh, we'll see as uh, that unfolds and, and those things work out. Uh, so, uh, again, lots of prayers. Now, I also asked your prayers this week for the, for the church staff. On Wednesday is Election Day, and our church is the main, one of the main precincts here in the city of Germantown. Well, we are hosting two precincts this particular Thursday because they won't let the one precinct that normally votes at Dogwood Elementary, they won't let them in for various reasons. So we are hosting two voting precincts here on Thursday, and um, it will be interesting to see what kind of uh, crowds we have show up. Anyway, the election commission has that well in hand. The church staff will just be basically out of the way and secluded, and uh, then we will deep clean following the election on Thursday. Now, again, if you haven't voted early or by mail, vote. You know, you still need to vote on uh, this coming Thursday for the primary elections. So all those things just call to your attention. Yes, uh, Marcia. Yesterday, uh, my friend Greg's father, Coy Haraway, <coughs> went to get Uh, 
What's Greg's father's name? Coy. Coy. Okay. Okay. All right. Very good. We'll pray for that as well. Let's bow our heads this morning and go to God in prayer. Well, Father, we come to you this morning and we have, as you can tell, there are many things on the hearts and upon the minds of your people this day. We come and we especially remember the Hoover family this day who have awakened to great distress. And we just pray your peace and your help to be upon them. Just be with them all today in the days to come as they deal with this death of a father and as they deal with the illness of a mother. We pray for Coy this day who has been injured in an accident and we pray, Lord, that as he is being treated, that the doctors are able to care for him and treat everything as it needs to be and that he will recover from these injuries. We pray for Dr. Knox today as your servant is recovering from his cancer surgery and Hopefully, we'll be able to return to his apartment this coming week. We just lift him up and we pray for him. For Joe Cooper, we pray this morning. For Barbara Kelly, we pray this morning. For Peggy Jones, who has had many tests and is facing other tests in the coming weeks and treatments, we pray for her, Lord, and ask your healing hand to be upon her. For the teachers and for parents, for children of all ages, for students of all ages, for the school systems that are beginning to gear up either in person, online, a combination of all these things, we pray for them, Lord, today and ask that you give everyone patience and understanding that you help people to remain safe and practice good health habits all through this time. We pray this day for that as we continue to pray for our nation and for the world. We continue to pray for those working on vaccines and treatments. We continue to pray for those who are ill for those who are recovering, for those who have the families of those who have died. We pray this day and ask your help and your presence in all these situations, mighty God. We ask these things, we pray them this day in Jesus' name, and we together say the prayer that Jesus taught to the disciples and we read where he taught today, from the Sermon on the Mount, and we now pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. 
And amen and amen. Now again, I invite you to open your pew Bibles, uh, this time turning to the last chapter of Paul's letter to the Romans, Romans 16. Now, this is one of those chapters where if there were tests to get into heaven, and this was the test, none of us would get into heaven because just of the names. But it's an important chapter that rarely gets read other than reading through the end of the Bible study on Romans or in devotional reading. But it is really an important chapter because Paul, first of all, in him writing this, he tells us a great deal about what's going on in the early church and who some of the folks are in the early church. Yes, we know about the apostles. We know about James and John and Peter and Andrew and all of them. We know about the apostle Paul. We know about Timothy. We know about Barnabas and some of these. But here are what, how shall I say, here are ordinary Christians that are in the various churches around the Roman world, some of them in Rome, some of them in other cities, and he talks about them because somehow, as this letter is being sent to Rome, it's going to be read in a lot of other churches. And not only was it read in other churches uh, because the Romans had a good system of transportation. You could take your documents, send them with a courier. Somebody, one of the followers of Paul, no doubt, took this letter, and they would go, and wherever that courier would end up, in a town, they would look for the fellowship of believers, the followers of Jesus Christ. They would meet with them, probably stay with them, and they would gather those who believed, the early church, and they would share what was read. Paul always wanted the letters that he wrote to be read to other churches. He says that time and time again in his letters to the churches of the New Testament. And that's one of the reasons we have so many of the Apostle Paul's letters is because numerous copies were made and they were shared. People kept these letters, just as I imagine you have a box or a drawer someplace that you have kept letters over the years, written letters. They are of great value to you. You know, I have them. I have letters. Letters dating all the way back to at least high school that I wrote and received from people. And I have letters that I wrote to Terry when I was gone in various places with the Navy and things like that. And so we have these things. They were treasures. And so is this. And as we read this, bear with me. Some of the names are uh, how shall I say, Greek names, and uh, uh, some of them are Latin names, and uh, some of them are, are um, what I would call Aramaic names, but mostly Latin and Greek names in this regard. So listen to this. I'm going to read through verse 16. That seems like a lot, but just listen to what the Apostle Paul says. 
He writes, I commend to you our sister, Phoebe, or Phoebe, but I think it's Phoebe, a servant of the church in Century. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and to give her any help she may need from you, for she has been a great help. But the real word there should be, she has been a great benefactor to many people, including me. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. They risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet also the church that meets in their house. Greet my dear friend Epinetus, who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. Greet Mary, who worked very hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junius, my relatives, who have been in prison with me. They are outstanding among the apostles, and they were in Christ before I was. Greet Amphilatus, whom I love in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and my dear friend Stachys. Greet Apelles, tested and approved in Christ. Greet those who belong to the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my relative. Greet those in the household of Narcius who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, who, those women who worked hard in the Lord. Greet my dear friend Pyrsus another woman who has worked very hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother who has been a mother to me too. Greet Asencretus, Felon, Phlegon, Hermes, Patrobes, Hermes, and the brothers with them. Greet Philologus, Julia, Nereus and his sister and Olympus and all the saints with them greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ send greetings. Ah, you see what I mean? Woo! I tell you, no. <laughs> Yes, can you see getting to the pearly gates? By the way, read this. Practicing the faith, helping others, especially other Christians. That's my sermon this morning. And I want to focus in especially on the first two verses of this passage uh, in regard to uh, Phoebe and her help and being a help to her. Those are the things I want to, to kind of focus in today. You know, Paul has, throughout his letters, any number of attributes about the practice of the Christian faith. And over this month of uh, August, we're going to look at some of those attributes that Paul encourages Christians to have and to practice. And today, I want to begin with this attribute of helping, helping. Now, you would think that helping would be pretty easy to understand, pretty easy to figure out. Think for just a second how many times in a day that 
someone asks you for help or you ask someone for help. Think about that. It might be a telephone call. The most likely way in our day and time is a text message that you're asking about something. Can you help me? Can you tell me this? Can you do whatever? That is often the way that messages and the requests for help are made. But helping is something that, you know, we, we almost do it naturally, especially if we have children, if we have older parents, if we have a husband or wife, if we have a co-worker. Helping others is something that kind of comes naturally because it's just a situation that we often have ourselves put into. And so we understand that. But let's focus a little more about that in regard to helping as a Christian person and helping especially others, other Christian people. I want to talk specifically about that here in his letter at the conclusion in Romans 16, Paul is making this list and he tells about all these folks. We hear about some of his relatives. We hear about those who have been partners with him in the proclamation and the spreading of the gospel. We hear about numerous churches. We hear about both men and women dedicated to the cause of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We hear about those who were in Christ before the Apostle Paul. And we hear about the work that they are doing, and he wants to make sure that they are being recognized. You know, whenever we send a short-term missionary team someplace, either Brazil, in the past Bolivia, to Cuba, to Jamaica, to Ethiopia, wherever we have sent teams in the past, one of the things that I most always do is I send a letter. I send a letter saying that our team greets you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we are glad to work with you, our brothers and sisters in Christ, wherever you might be. And I pray blessings on them in the letter, and I pray and encourage them to continue their work in Jesus Christ, and that we have a partnership with them, and how important that is. And to other churches and different parts of the world, it's important to hear that other Christians are thinking about them, are praying for them, are working with them. It is very important to do. It's an encouragement, just as Paul is encouraging. And so for Phoebe here, uh, she is being sent. She's probably the one who is carrying this letter. And she is going to take it to Rome, and she has given help to many, and she may be, need your help, and Paul is asking for that. But more than that, he says she has been a great benefactor to many people, including me. We always think that the Apostle Paul was kind of the self-sufficient guy, you know, 
He was a tent maker, literally. He sewed canvas together to make tents and other coverings as part of his job, part of his work. When he was going from city to city, often spending months, sometimes years in places, and he would work as well. But he also had to have help, and others had to have help. And here we have this list of those who are helping. And sometimes it's important for us to remember that as Christians, we are called to be helpers, to be helping to other Christians and to other churches. We are also called to be benefactors. Sometimes some of us are able to be benefactors in different ways, and I'm going to talk a little bit about all of those ways as well. But as Christians, we are responsible not just for our own faith. The Apostle Paul in his letter to the Philippians in the second chapter says, let us not look to our own needs, our own concerns, but also to the concerns of others, of other Christians. Jesus was about this, you know, look not to yourselves, be a servant. If you want to be a leader, be a servant to all. So we are always as Christians and part of the practice of our faith is to be helping others. And this takes a great and a wide range of things. Now, Helping may include things like hosting. There's some folks who are just natural hosts, invite anybody into their house, have anybody come over and stay with them. I've known folks who have hosted missionaries, who have welcomed them home, who have uh, put them up in their houses, and perhaps they had a guest house or a garage apartment. They hosted people all of the time. That was one of the ways they could help. They could host folks. When I was in seminary so far back, it's hard to remember sometimes, but we were up in Montreat, North Carolina, a group of my class. We were up there for a weekend away from the seminary, and we had the great pleasure of being able to stay in the home of the Flowers family, the Bread Flowers family that had a very wonderful place up in Montreat. Their son-in-law uh, was a member of my class, Warren McKinney, and, and we all were able to go up there and stay. And when they were up there, they had this wonderful house. But about back, they had this huge garage. And above it, it had two apartments. And in that apartment, there was one of them that was staying this missionary family. Couple, really, not a family as far as children. And they were there, you know, just getting ready to go back to Africa. And they were just staying there recouping, and they were doing so because the Flowers family allowed them to stay there and said, stay there, you know, just get what you need. We'll pay for everything. They were just good hosts. And that is one of the way that we can often help. Paul was hosted everywhere he went by fellow Christians. And even in those places that he started churches, quickly 
Those who became converts in Jesus Christ invited him into his home, into their homes. So that is one of the way that Christians help other Christians is hosting. And it's hosting and sometimes it is feeding, sometimes it is working, sometimes it is training, sometimes it is just looking after children. But that is one of the way that Christians are called to help one another. And then there are the benefactors. Now, all churches, for the most part, have benefactors. Uh, we have a number of people in our church who are very generous benefactors, who often give large sums of money for different purposes for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for the work of missionaries, for the local work of the church in its benevolent areas. They are benefactors. Benefactors going beyond just the support of the local church, but benefacting the greater church around the world. You know, we are, as a congregation, we are benefactors to Craig and Mary DeLille, our missionaries in Brazil. We are benefactors to Nick and Amanda Understall, our missionaries in the Middle East. We are benefactors to Jeff and Veronique Kim, who are our missionaries in southern France. We have been benefactors to the churches in Cuba, to the churches in Jamaica, to the churches in Bolivia, to Project Mercy in Ethiopia. We have been benefactors. And it is something that we are called to do. We may, depending on the mission committee and what the session decides in the coming years, we may be benefactors for A.B. Scott and his work in Mexico in which he is establishing training centers for pastors down there with the help of Third Millennial Ministries, which is a ministry that has grown up out of uh, the Presbyterian Church, both the Presbyterian Church in America and the Presbyterian Church, the Evangelical Presbyterian Church. We are benefactors to Reggie and Mary Tucker at Orange Mount Outreach Ministry. And we are benefactors to others in which we not only support with gifts of money, but also with time, our energy and our efforts. We are helping fellow Christians do the ministry that they are called to do. Now, when I was also in seminary, one of my uncle's friends asked if he could be a benefactor to me while I was in seminary. And Don, every month, would send me a $50 check. Now, that was for a young man in seminary, $50 coming in to help just cover incidental expenses. A tremendous thing. And so, one of the ways that we, as Christians, can help others, especially fellow Christians, is to be, to them, a benefactor, a helper, 
in whatever way we might do because then we are extending the reach of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are supporting those who have a call to ministry, who have been given a heart by God to go to places that you and I could never, ever imagine us being there. Going to places where I'm not sure I could do that ministry. And that's right. God has equipped us differently and has given us the ability to do different things. And some he has called for particular ministries, for particular mission works, to go to particular places and to undertake ministry that none of us would ever in our own lives probably undertake. So, one of the reasons that all of the hospitals, no, not all, the majority of the hospitals here in Memphis have the names of Christian denominations is because there were benefactors who said, Healing is an important aspect and practice of the faith. And so we're going to help our community by building hospitals and by treating people. And so you get St. Jude. You get St. Francis. You get Methodist. You get Baptist. Other towns have Presbyterians. Other towns have other Christian hospitals that were developed because people wanted to help and there were benefactors who saw to that. Now, helping other Christians allows us to multiply the work of the church. It allows the church to further its work to lay seeds that may one day grow and blossom. It helps to build foundations that will endure over the years and the test of time. It helps to give structure to ministries of all sorts. It allows brothers and sisters in Christ to carry out their ministry and understand that they will be provided for by God through his church. Yes, it is the help of prayer. It is the help of encouragement. It is the help of partnership. It is the help of witness. It is the help of thanksgiving. It is the help of support. It is a reminder that the practice of the faith is not just exclusively an individual practice, but it is a greater practice. And that all of us are called in whatever way we are able to promote, to spread the gospel 
of Jesus Christ so that others may hear of his saving grace and come to know him also as Lord and Savior of their lives. And whatever we can do, both in our own lives, but in helping other Christians to do this very thing, then we are beginning to make a difference. God is using us in a powerful way. We will be able to help spread the gospel and the church around the world. One of the ways that happens is in the support of church plants. We should always be looking into, and if we're not planting, encourage and support those who are planting churches. Our guest minister in the contemporary service, Terrence Gray, fine young minister, who is planting a church in the midst of all this in Bartlett, we should be encouraging him, and perhaps we should be a benefactor to that church plant in the coming years. Perhaps we need to explore planting our own church. We planted churches in Bolivia. We've helped plant churches in Brazil. We've helped with churches in Ethiopia. We've helped with other churches. We've helped with churches here in the Mid-South. But sometimes it's time for a re focused event. And perhaps that's what we need to do. Yes, we are temporarily, how shall I say, frustrated by the pandemic, but it does not thwart God's work and how God will continue to work. And so we must be thinking in those terms as well. I want to close with just one word about a church that helped even when it officially closed its doors and ceased to exist. Last month, First Presbyterian Church of New Madrid, Missouri, a church in our presbytery, a church that was first formed in 1846, and made it through earthquakes, a civil war, multiple great floods of the Mississippi, through the First World War, the Great Depression, the Second World War, all that went on, it finally closed its doors down to five members. But they took their remaining resources that the church had, the money that it still had, not a great deal of money by any stretch of the imagination, but they gave some to church planning here in the Presbytery and to every other church in New Madrid, about 11 other churches of every denomination and stripe, they sent a gift and a note to encourage them to continue to spread the gospel 
and do the work of Christ. So, we are reminded. We are reminded that we can be of great help to our fellow Christians. Let us be so today, tomorrow, and the weeks and months and years ahead. For thus, God has called us to be. Amen. This morning, if you would like to make an offering, the offering plate is in the back as on the way out. Also, uh, you continue to make gifts online. Our treasurer has sent out the six-month statements this week, uh, and if you had given some way and for it to be known, you probably should have received a statement. Again, we are very grateful to everyone who has made offerings and continues to make offerings. We continue to support all of our missionaries, our benevolent giving. We pay our staff. We continue to keep the lights on and the air conditioning running. And we are very grateful for the help you are giving. Let us pray. Well, gracious God, we do give you thanks and praise. We thank you for all that you have helped us with in our lives. For those Christians who have meant so much to us, who have helped us to grow and to mature in the faith, who first exposed us to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, we thank you that you call upon us to be those who help others to be benefactors to the works of fellow Christians. Hear these our thanksgivings. We make them all in the name of your Son, Jesus, who has helped us by far the most in our lives. Amen. <clears throat>